Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a, another episode of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden here alongside David Cole. As I said, episode number 25, June the 13th, 2018. David and I will be talking about the recent Texas Pro Kart Challenge event at North Texas Cartway in Denton, Texas. This week's show is being presented by CRG Nordam. If you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. After years of independent American importers, CRG Nordam is now managed directly by the factory and run out of their state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and they're serious about success. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. Well, David Cole, welcome back to the EKN Radio Network. Uh, It's been a busy couple of weeks, and it's not going to let up at all over the next two or three months. No, it's been busy at the uh, home offices, but uh, now it's going to get busy on the road, uh, going here and there to uh, different events uh, over the next two months, three months, and uh, continuing on till the end of the year. So, lots, lots, look, lots, lots of stuff ahead. Yeah, I was talking to Andy Saisman. I just did a. uh, a podcast with Andy as well, an industry insider. And uh, we, we were laughing the, uh, about the fact that he's, this is kind of his off season because of course, with the challenge of the Americas, you know, he's really working cr- like crazy through November, December, getting things ready. And I looked at my schedule. I think I have two open weekends between today and the middle of September. So yeah, my schedule is pretty packed. So it could be interesting. Anyways, let's jump into this. Let's talk about Texas Pro Kart Challenge. I was uh, able to head down there. I'm announcing the entire uh, Texas PKC this year. Amarillo next up. Uh, Gina and Mark French bringing us down for the EKN Trackside Live Tour. Uh, Dave, an awesome event, man. Um, There's something to be said about racing under the lights. You know, we don't get to do it a lot. We do it in in Vegas. We did it at Modesto. Uh, But the night race at, at Texas... Uh, for the Pro Car Challenge was awesome. Temperatures about 95 degrees midday when we started rolling at 4. By the time the sun set at around 8.30, it got down to the low 80s, and it was just super comfortable. But the bottom line is, and I know you'll, you'll agree with me, carting under the lights is just well, so badass. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> it's element so cool. that not a lot of drivers are used to, especially uh, the younger categories like your micros and minis. But um, racing under the lights, it's something that's fun, unique, exciting and for spectators it's not boring because there's action everywhere you look because you're seeing sparks flying here and there just in the random bumps and and curbs that carts go over so uh, it's just a great unique uh, adventure that uh, carters are able to to able to uh, experience and you know i think it, it just fuels that cool atmosphere as well you know it just when you're there at night i said it's cooler it's just all the lights are lit up and there's just, it, it's such a dynamic atmosphere. And you're right with a, there's a particular part of the racetrack at, at NTK, the chicane in the middle where they're pounding the curbs and the sparks are flying everywhere. And, and just the track itself, it's kind of, they did a top coat, like a coating on it, I think. And there's, it's kind of shines a bit when the, when the lights light it up and the lights are really good at the track. Um, it was just use If you see some of the photos that we have uh, on Facebook uh, taken by Ken Johnson, man, he uh, great photographers as, as it is, and we've talked about Ken a lot. But the stuff that he did at night just absolutely pops. It just it's amazing. The track itself, man, I, I love NTK. It's for me, it's a, just an absolutely tremendous club track. It's just it's one of those iconic facilities that's been around forever, David. But 
It's this half mile track, nine corners. Um, they just built a cover over top of the grid area, which is great because Texas does get hot uh, in the sun. They've got a full tech garage that you drive through with uh, the scales. They've got their timing building over at start finish. It's just this cool club facility where you, you, know, you get your own entry code or key, whatever it is. You, you can come when you want and practice. It's just one of those racetracks that I think, you know, if we had more of them in the sport, it would be great. Just a great assortment of corners, a handful of good overtaking opportunities, a, you know, a couple of big bank corners as well. Just, it's a track. I don't think you've ever been there, David, but it's it's an awesome, awesome club track. I haven't. Uh, and it also has a, a separate scoring tower from, like you said, the paddock t- uh, tower or building yep. that they have. So that's also another unique uh, aspect to that. And it's just it just kind of goes with the way the facility is designed because the paddock is actually away from the long straightaway. Uh, and, and so that start finish line is on the opposite end of the facility. So it's a different, unique aspect. I don't know for you if it was, if it's, if it's easier or, or, you know, how that works because it's hard to see the finishes sometimes, is it not? Well, for me, no worries. I wasn't actually in the scoring tower. I was actually above in the top floor of the tech building, uh, in the corner there. So I, I could see pretty much the whole track, except for the fact that now they put the cover over top of the grid. I can't see the run out of turn six down to turn seven. I can't see the, the hairpin in turn seven, which is disappointing. I'm sure they'll address that down the line. But in the air, it, uh, let me say, the air-conditioned building I was in, at least my room was air-conditioned, it was very comfortable. <laughs> and, I, and I could see the start-finish line. So it was good. Um, numbers were down a little bit, but not like one class dropped it was just a couple per category there was uh, i believe 70 or 84 drivers in houston we had 71 in total a 13 entry drop but we lost one in micro mini had exactly the same they lost one in junior they've got very strong mini and x30 junior categories 18 in mini swift and 17 in, in x30 junior and the quality of the racing man i'm it was just unbelievable. We'll talk more about that in the paddock pass. Uh, Masters dropped two, down from 10 to eight. Senior actually lost f- uh, five drivers. There was a number of guys that ran in Houston that didn't come. Of course, we didn't have PSL karting here this time either. So, you know, Jake French didn't run for, for DKC. Ryan Norberg wasn't there. They kind of padded the numbers a little bit in Houston. Uh, five S4s, instead of, uh, four S4s instead of five, and eight S2s instead of 11. So, all in all, they put the shifters together. The racing was fantastic. And then you go to a smaller track. It didn't look like there weren't that weren't as many cars because the paddock is smaller. The track is smaller. Everything kind of fit well. All in all, uh, I think a pretty solid weekend. They went down a couple of, of numbers. They're hoping for more at Amarillo, which we'll talk more about later on as well. That's the next round. They've got some drivers coming in from other states. All in all, just a really solid program with, with the Texas Pro Kart Challenge. Yeah, I think with the, the younger categories having the numbers there, it kind of gives you a sense of encouragement for the future. Uh, you know, the master category, I remember they were getting one or two, so they've more than doubled that in the last couple of years. So if they can, can continue to grow the X30 master category, that'll just be another padding of the numbers. Uh, and then, you know, again, we've talked about it over and over again, just the uncertainty of the shifter program uh moving forward so yeah. you know if if they had the shifter numbers that they had when the series first began i mean they'd be over 100 easily uh right now and that's interesting dave because you, you, that's kind of been the flip-flop with you know, the whole screws program to a certain extent but with texas when you go back and look a couple of years ago when they didn't have a lot of x30 drivers or, or leopard at that point they didn't have a lot of masters drivers there was lots of shifters 
Now the shifters have dropped down a bit and they're coming back on the masters. So at one point they were pulling 50, 55, 60 drivers. Now 71 to 75 is a low mark. So this program just continues to grow. And I'll tell you from being there that the Texas PKC has offered a fantastic foundation for regional racing. They got great uh, shops that are coming out to support them. They got good tracks. They got great drivers. It's a series that definitely has, has kind of laid down their foundation and I expect will grow moving into the future. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's take our first break here in episode number 25 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden. David Cole and I will break down the Texas Pro Kart Challenge event from last weekend in Denton, Texas. Texas. Uh, stick with us. we got more to come. Paddock Pass on the other side of this break. In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sport racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Saber Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy from coast to coast IAMI has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting starting with the air-cooled 60cc swift engine and moving through to the incredible x30 power plant IAMI is providing much needed stability for the sport the Swift and X30 engines are the backbone of the Superkart USA Pro Tour and Pro Kart Challenge Series, as well as the USPKS, the Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. We're thrilled to introduce the new IAMI KA100 Rejet engine with a special introductory price of just $16.95 until the end of February. The new engine is getting rave reviews and will be part of the USPKS, Route 66, and WKA Man Cup programs in 2018. Watch for more regions of the country to get on board with this new formula. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. Miami East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Miami West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, so it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information on Miami, head to the website for your region. MiamiUSAEast.com or MiamiUSAWest.com. 
Welcome back to the EKN Debrief as David Cole and I, Rob Howden, break down the Texas Pro Kart Challenge, rounds number two and three, the doubleheader in Denton, Texas. Let's move into the Paddock Pass. We'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff that happened away from the racetrack. Paddock Pass presented today by 3G Kart Racing. Located in Katy, Texas, 3G Kart Racing is a proud dealer for Burrell Art Chassis. 3G also sells and supports IAMI, Honda, and Briggs & Stratton racing engines, and they are dealers for Fisher Racing Engines, the finest gearbox engine builder in the sport. From club racing to national competition, 3G Kart Racing provides its valuable customers with everything they need to win. All right, David, let's talk about the paddock a little bit. Um, interesting, as we talk about the paddock, in the paddock pass, we have to, we have to start. I'm not sure if you saw the photos that I posted up on, on our social media networks, but man... I left the hotel on Friday before practice. They were set to go about 4 o'clock. By the time I got to the racetrack, this front of rain, wind, lightning, thunder came bolting through. And essentially, when I got there, it was batting down the hatches. (laughs) People were pulling the easy ups down. The big shops were pulling down the big tents. Because, dude, when that storm hit, wow, it hit hard. It's crazy. Well, yeah, you never know with Texas weather. I mean, we've been there in July at... uh very near there, uh, for the, uh, IKF road racing program. So I've, I've seen tornadoes coverage in the area and it's, it's no joke. I mean, storms there, you, you don't take lightly. And when they say cover you, you head for cover. We were standing in the, uh, in the tech building, the scale building, uh, with Mark French and a bunch of the staff, of course, everybody's, you know, in their tent, in their trailers and a lightning hit in like in the field, right beside the racetrack, the cows were scattering, the crazy thing to me is, is that you know, we got hit hard. It, the rain was coming sideways. It was you know, dark and lightning. But then, you know, two hours later, by the time I got to Texas Motor Speedway, where the Verizon IndyCar Series was, it absolutely beat down on the paddock at TMS. The I think the IndyCar hauler, the one they used for tech, ripped like the full tent, flipped up upside down. They lost a bunch of easy ups. You know, we've seen this before in our sport, uh, where w- when weather rolls in. We're not actually, you know, we're not really Fort Knox. We're not locked down. <laughs> Wind and rain can hit us pretty hard. It can. And there's not a lot of coverage. So it's it's kind of, you know, <laughs> do you go sit in the car? You know, where, where do you go? Uh, sometimes, you know, people leave, they go back to the hotel. Uh, you know, lots of different uh, scenarios when, when the weather comes in. But, it you know, it's good to see that everybody was still safe no matter what. One of the interesting things that happened in the paddock, well, that's what happened in the paddock, but one of the interesting things about what was going on in the paddock was we had a couple of new drivers, David, at CRG Nordam. Talking to you and Jeffrey from, from CRG Nordam, and he was excited that Max Hewitt was going to make his debut that weekend with CRG on the black and yellow in S2. And Tyler Gonzalez, one of the top young junior drivers in the country, uh, running with the team in X30 Junior. Uh, in the end, they had a pretty darn good weekend. They won six races. Almost seven, if it weren't for the fact that uh, Brendan Baker got DQ'd for uh, track width in the second main event. But Max Hewitt, making his debut, swept in S2. Tyler Gonzalez did the same thing, swept in the X30 junior class. Rod Clenard getting a win in S4. And Brendan Baker winning the first X30 uh, event. That's Those are two pretty solid signings to have Hewitt and Gonzalez there, especially Gonzalez. We'll see he, what, what Hewitt can do now going on to the national scene. But Wow. Uh, Gonzalez on the CRG, that's a, that's a pretty big move. It, it is. Um, you know, it definitely complements the junior roster they have there with Tyler Maxson and uh, Eli uh, Giovanni. Uh, so that, that, that 
you know, that's one thing that I think the CRG factory is looking at is improving their single speed program. And I think when you get drivers of that uh, capability, especially Gonzalez, a former super nationals winner, uh, it definitely uh, helps that cause. And then you, you add in uh, Max Hewitt there uh, to bolster up their, their shifter program. They already got uh, some good S one drivers and and say Kyle Wick on the Pacific Northwest. You add in Max in Texas, you get a couple guys here and there, you know, they're starting to make some, some big noises uh, there in the constructors championship. That's for sure. Ah, you know what? You're right. That that too, getting some uh, some good results. They need to to move uh, CRG up the the EKN Constructors Championship. You know, we talked about it briefly, David. Mini Swift with a, with a pretty good field, uh, 18 drivers, but the field's super strong as well. They've got a really good building block for the future at the Texas Pro Car Challenge. You got three drivers from the Supercars USA Pro Tour top 10: Jack Jeffers, Chase Gardner. And Alex Stanfield, they're and and not only are they great drivers, but racing against them, the rest of the drivers on the Texas Pro Car Challenge uh, circuit are going to have to raise their game as well. Anytime you have good drivers, everybody else around them needs to step up to be able to battle with them. That's what you want to see at regional level. You want to see the national guys come back down, race against you know the guys that are moving up from the clubs yep. that you know want to take that next step. It's a lot easier to do it at the regional level than to go right into nationals. So. It's a great preparation for these young drivers to be able to race against these top national ranked drivers uh, at the regional level. No doubt about that. And I think that when we talk about the karting pyramid, club drivers go to regional to get more experience and try to go head to head with the best club drivers in their region. And the national guys run national and regional, come back and, and make sure that everything just steps up. You know, David, one of the cool things on the weekend, too, as we wrap up this edition of the Paddock Pass was the fact that they had opened the door for an unlimited shifter class. They wanted to essentially open the door. I was talking to Mark French. There's a number of KZ guys that have KZ carts that were asking about a place to race. Hey, we'd like to come out, but all you have is Honda. There was a couple, there's a bunch of guys with the, the Rock shifter engines. Uh, in the end, nobody came out except for a couple of guys from 3G kart racing. Dave Pauly uh, had Jordan Musser and Michael Olavia come up and they ran the new. Miami SSE shifter engine, 175cc shifter engine. That really turned a lot of heads because really that was the first time anyone's got out there and went at it. They were about a half a second quicker than the Hondas. Uh, I expect them to be more on a bigger racetrack. And talking to Jordan, tons of bottom end torque. And once they get a place where they're really able to let those engines stretch their legs, they're going to be quick. I think Almirillo will be a great example and, Newcastle, you know, I, I believe they're going to have a number of uh, test drives uh, during the summer nationals here in August at Newcastle. So those are two tracks that are super long and have super long straightaways. So <laughs> that, that that definitely gives them the opportunity to stretch the legs. But but as you said, you know, talking with Jordan, he said the grunt of that engine just it's amazing. So that, that the, those extra fifty cc's is definitely going to give the drivers a little bit more grunt. Uh, getting out of the corners and giving them more speed overall. And if the engine uh, plays as designed in terms of reliability and durability, it could be a, a really solid base moving forward for gearbox racing within the Supercarts USA program. Folks, stick with us. More to come. Let's start talking about the actual racing itself. After this commercial break, we'll go class by class through the Texas Pro Car Challenge. There's a new customer service focused karting company in Texas, and it's called Cart One. Cart One is located in Rosenberg, 
just southwest of Houston, and our focus is to support and grow karting in this region. We'll be supporting the Texas Pro Kart Challenge, the Speed Sports Racing Park Club Series, and the Gulf Coast Carters Club in Katy. And we're the only kart shop in Texas to sell the championship-winning ITEL Kart chassis line. The ITEL Kart has found success from coast to coast. ITEL Kart has stood atop the podium at the Florida Winter Tour, IKF Gold Cup, F-Series Gear Up Challenge, and they have also won at the highest level of racing in the U.S., Superkarts USA Super Nationals. Kart 1 has ITEL Kart chassis in stock and ready for purchase. We're also dealers for IAMI engines and parts and Avinco tires as well. Give us a call at 281-383-9929 or to learn more about our new company, head to www.cart1.racing. If your dream is IndyCar, set your sights on the Mazda Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. The first step of the ladder system is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship powered by Mazda, which prepares young drivers for the calculated jump to the Pro Mazda Championship presented by Cooper Tires, where increased power, grip, and aero downforce fast-track your training. The final rung is the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires program. The last four Indy Lights champions will be racing in the Verizon IndyCar Series this year, so it's a proven formula. At all three levels, you will race at premier venues on the same weekends as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. Former Carters fill the roster of Mazda Road to Indy graduates like Spencer Piggott, Gabby Chavez, Zach Veach, Ed Jones, and 2017 Indy Lights champion Kyle Kaiser. Recent karting graduates like Oliver Askew are in the middle of their journeys as well. Follow in their footsteps. Fulfill your dream. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice. The Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 25 of the EKN Debrief as David Cole and I, Rob Howden, going through the Texas Pro Kart Challenge event in Denton, Texas. Night racing on the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening. We're not going to go into the race report, talk about the categories and, and what actually happened on track. Today's race report presented by Trinity Karting Group. The Trinity Karting Group is your first step on the ladder to racing success. Based at the Motorsport Country Club of Cincinnati, they literally have a track in their own backyard and a controlled environment to start your racing dreams. Trinity Karting Group flatten out the steep learning curve as their professional staff and driver training will put you on the right path. The focus is driver development, and they compete at the local, regional, and national levels. Give them a call to get started now. They have new and used packages available, and they are your Midwest sourced for Tony Karts and OTK parts, as well as IAMI engines. Visit them online at teamtkg.com or call 513-421-4463. David, jumping into the race report now, X30 Senior, not a big field. I think they had 11 carts, uh, but the racing up front was fantastic because there's just some quality drivers in Texas. Uh, Caden Gray, actually, on the CRG with CRG Nordam was impressive. Came out of the box, looked like the lead contender for the wins. Uh, pole uh, on Friday. Pre-final win as well, but it was Brendan Baker, the veteran driver, who just took over in the main event. was uh, unbelievably quick, pulled away. Uh, Gray had to battle with Alejandro Jaramillo 
uh, for second and third. Uh, they went at it and finished that way. On Saturday, Jaramillo came back in his uh, rookie year as a senior, comes back, wins the pole and the pre-final. Looked like he was going to be able to take a run at the race win. But again, in comes Brendan Baker, works his way to the front, and pulls away to a solid advantage. But he got nabbed at the end of the race coming through scales for track width, uh, which gave the win to Jaramillo. Uh, Gray ended up finishing in second, and John Barry actually up to third. And in talking to you and Jeffrey, I guess they had made a late change to the axle for Brendan Baker and didn't check the width when they put it back on. How you like that? Well, well, I, you can say at least the the change worked, so that's a positive. True enough. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. The change worked. They were they were the fastest. They won the race. Unfortunately, it was too wide. And again, you know, you're you're talking, you know, quarter of an inch, an eighth of an inch. It's it's not that big of a difference, but it is a rule breaker. You got you got a it's a go no go type situation. So. Uh, so that at least they have a positive moving forward on it. They know that that setup worked at that time, so you can move forward from that. But uh, you know, overall, a good weekend for a Baker, which I think he kind of needed uh, to get that uh, confidence back. Yeah, get that mojo going again, right? He he looked really good, real comfortable. Uh, and again, CRG was strong. Caden uh, Gray on the CRG as well. Jaramillo running the Tony Kart. In the S2 category, as, as I'd already mentioned, it really wasn't an, an awesome weekend for Max Hewitt. But I'll tell you, he battled all weekend long uh, with Blair Hosey on the Alpha. And, you know, in talking to Blair afterwards, Dave, if you'd watch this race, Hosey was there maybe a length, two lengths back the entire race, both days, like putting the pressure on like crazy. He actually got the fast lap of the race both days, I believe. So he had the faster cart, but they were actually geared a bit differently. I talked to Blair about it and they, I, I want to say, that Hewitt was running, had geared up to, to run all six gears. It's a smaller racetrack, right? Only a half a mile. I think Hosey had geared up just as a, as a, as a, a five gear tranny to just grab fifth. And it just didn't have enough coming onto the straightaway when they came out of turn number nine. So Blair would be all over him on the infield. And then just as they came onto the straightaway, uh, Hewitt would pull like three or four cart lengths. And then Hosey would have to spend the entire rest of the race trying to chase him down. It was, it was, you can imagine David being behind him, just watching him pull away in the straightaway every time would have been just absolutely demoralizing. I, 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 do, I just don't understand the, the reason of not using six gear. I mean, you have it there. It's, it, you know, it, you look at Formula One, they have eight, you know, they're, they're using all eight, you know, you got, you got to use them all if you got them. I mean, I mean, why, I don't know why you would, you would handicap yourself that way. Well, I'm sure that we can throw that out to the uh, the EKN uh, family on Facebook as a, as a question. Maybe we'll get some feedback back from some people. You'll get your question answered. Uh, in the end, as I said, Hewitt with both wins. Hosey second both days. Dylan Town was third on Friday. And Riley Can he was strong all weekend long. He ended up finishing third uh, in the Saturday night race. It was, uh, it was some pretty good racing in S2. I think you kept spelling his name wrong, by the way. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think what did I do? I think it's spelled with like two L's or, or yeah, you kept spelling it wrong for some reason. I don't know why. Well, I was taking, I was taking, I don't think it's two L's. I was taking it right off the of live timing, wasn't I? I don't know. Hey, listen, <laughs> if I he didn't get back to I me, I talked to him I on know. the grid. I'm if I'm doing it wrong, you, you got to tell me. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. The E goes first. It's R E L I. Yeah. No. I think so. Are, I'm gonna, we're going to look that up. I'll, let, I'll look that up while you talk about X30. Right. Do that. Figure it out for me. Uh, X30 Junior. Again, Tyler Gonzalez uh, 
for CRG Nordam. What a debut. Uh, in talking to you and Jeffrey, as I said, very impressed by, by Tyler's approach. Uh, his the way he's able to talk with the engineers and figure out exactly what they want in the car. He was super impressed, and he really did handle both races and swept the wins. Uh, the podium was actually the same on both days. John Burke, let, let's put it this way, Gonzalez had, a, <laughs> Gonzalez had a pretty easy time of it. It was all working good. John Burke was deep in the field at one point, had to work his way back forward, got taken out in the pre-final, and I think he had to work his way forward. He passed a lot of cars and still finished second both days. So you got to, John. I was so impressed with John uh, this past weekend at Denton. He just, uh, man, to be able to be able to get back to where he did, super impressive. Tyler Maxson added to the strength uh, of the weekend for CRG. Two third place finishes for Tyler. Uh, had a really solid run. One thing I do want to bring up, and we'll talk more about this a little bit later on as well. But the fact that uh, race number, like I said, the, the race on Friday, little Friday in total, a little rough. Uh, Mark French kind of wanted to let him race a bit because it is a bull ring. It's a half a mile, nine turn track. You know, it's not big and wide like some of the racetracks we run on. And he wanted to let the guys work it a little bit. And as Mark told me afterwards, they, he gave them some leeway and they took everything they had and just went, went overboard. And he said, you know what? I'm done. So in the pre-final on Saturday, he dropped the hammer dropped a bunch of penalties for aggressive racing, avoidable contact. Well, again, the juniors took the hint. They got the message. And the main event, David, on Saturday night was epic. And I know that Mark called it one of the top four junior races he's ever seen because it was – they were back and forth, passing into one, in, you know, into this – turn two is a banked left-hand hairpin, very similar to, to, to Phoenix – but you could drive – I think it's tighter. You could drive right down the bottom. And, man, you just – there were guys too wide coming out of that corner. They were into the hairpin. It was it was just some unbelievable racing. So while Gonzalez gets the kudos for a couple of race wins, everybody in the field, I'm going to give them props, Dave. It was just one of those epic battles in an X30 junior. Well, that's what you do at the regional level. You kind of you're teaching them, you know, better racecraft than than what you, they may be accustomed to at the club or – or preparing them for national level because even there we're we're trying to get these kids to to be more adequate in the way they they produce their racecraft. Yeah, I agree. Now, did you find out what, what the name was? They got it right or wrong? R E I L L Y. Damn it! I told you. All right. And I know live timing probably had it wrong. It's not your fault, <laughs> but you need to get it right from now on. You're right. I do. I don't. You know how much I hate getting guys' names. I don't like saying their names wrong. I don't like. Uh, spelling them incorrectly. I appreciate that. My, my apologies to, to re Eiley Khan. Can. Khan. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, the funny thing was, I'll, you'll love this. So Alejandro Jaramillo, right? That's a tough name. And I, I think I was butchering it before and he made sure I got it right when we were in, uh, when we were in, um, uh, in Houston. So what I told him was, I'm either going to announce it like I announce it. Or I'm going to announce it like when I'm trying to spell it. Because, of course, when you're trying to spell, I don't say Alejandro Jaramillo. It's Alejandro Jaramillo when you try to spell it correctly, right? So that's what he's going to get from now on. Too many J's. Alejandro. Alejandro there's too many. Alejandro Jaramillo. Alejandro Jaramillo. That's always. See, that sounds that's better. All, you know, got to say the first name that way, yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It's good. And he's a great driver, so I'm going to be talking about him a lot. Anyways, we got that dialed in for Riley and uh, wrapped up. X30 Senior, S2 and X30 Junior. Stick with us. Another break coming up, folks. After this, we'll come back with a race report brought to you by 
Trinity Carding Group. We'll talk S4, X30 Master, Mini Swift, and Micro Swift. After a long, cold winter, summer is fast approaching. So you know what that means. It's time to sign up for Nitro Kart Summer Camp. Our first summer camp last year was a great success, so we're doing it again on June 29th to July 1st at Carolina Motorsports Park. Nick Tucker and guest instructors will teach winning racecraft techniques such as qualifying, race strategy, passing, drafting, and defense driving. And guest experts will discuss subjects such as driver fitness and nutrition and marketing and sponsorship. We'll also teach the kids basic cart maintenance and the parents will learn advanced tuning tips. Nitro Kart Summer Camp is for Nitro Kart drivers only, but arrive and drive packages are available. We'll have special offers on new Nitro Karts since we know you'll want to buy one if you try one. Space is limited, so go to nitro-kart.com to sign up today. Hi, this is Bed Mayer, factory Nitro Kart driver number 67. I went to the first Nitro Kart Summer Camp last year and I loved it. It made me a better driver and will make you one too. With over 35 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, bearings, we're the source for axle components in the USA. We're not just axles either. At PKT, we can manufacture motor mounts, hubs, brake rotors, and even GoPro mounts. We're also the choice for axle and chassis straightening. We've designed a dedicated table for the sole purpose of straightening and laser aligning your chassis. If needed, we have the capability to cut, replace, and weld portions of your chassis as well. Big crash bent your frame? Send it to us. Broke a spindle yoke off in a wreck? We can replace it. You don't need to toss that expensive frame in the trash bin. We can fix it. We can repair and straighten chassis, and we CNC machine the finest carting products in the country. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. PKT, what's in your cart? Welcome back to episode number 25 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as we break down the recent Texas Pro Kart Challenge race at North Texas Cartway in Denton, Texas. Rounds number two and three. The initial round at Speed Sports in Houston, just a single race during the race during the school season. So it's Saturday, Sunday, where during the off season in the summer, essentially Friday practice, Saturday, Sunday, this particular weekend, night race to take advantage of the cooler evenings, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, David, moving now into um, S4, uh, not a lot of drivers, but what, what the battle we have down there is Rod Clenard versus Nathan Stewart. A couple of guys that are so evenly matched in terms of pace that they always end up just battling each other. They race hard. They race clean. Rod got, uh, actually Nathan got the win on Friday night. Then Nathan got taken out in the pre-final, started at the tail of the field. Rod got a, got a massive start and was able to battle it out with a bunch of the S2 guys actually within the top six or seven, I think overall. Uh, in the end, Stewart got that whole shot to win race one. Clenard, uh, winning race number two. Uh, Venkat ready, third on both days. But, you know, he's got a couple of guys, a couple of national level dudes battling it out on the regional level. And I just, and they just go at it every time they're on the racetrack. I love it. And they're always together. They always find each other. And they're usually racing with a couple S2s as well on the regional level. So it kind of makes it exciting. They've got that, 
you know, that battle on the racetrack, but they're having to watch out for that S2 guy. Well, you're, you're seeing the improvement of Rod uh, at the national level. I mean, he's give, he gave John Crow a ton of uh, a pressure throughout the week. Even though he wasn't able to get there, he just made sure Crow never got off the gas. So so Clonard's really stepped up his game, and I think that helped. The regional racing has really helped him there. Uh, racing against Stewart, who is a regular S-forward, Clonard is a supermaster. So, um, you know, Stewart, again, you know, you know, like you said, racing with some of these S2 guys, you know, it, it you know helps their their pace up a little bit. So so anytime you have c- competition ahead of you or, or behind you, it helps you step your game up. Agreed. Uh, speaking of no competition, uh, Miguel Mir in the X30 Masters class was just in a class of his own uh, throughout the weekend. He dominated on Friday uh, over Doug Foxworth and Rod Lake. That said, Foxworth ha- had some pretty good speed. His fast lap of the race was just a tenth off of Miguel Mir. But Mir was so consistent, able to knock those lap times down. He absolutely just blew away the field, lapped a couple of the cars. He was just there. Foxworth didn't come back on Saturday. He ran just Friday night. And he was Mir's primary competition. So, you know, we figure what's going to happen. Main event, Miguel Mir going to walk away, send it. This one's already done. Book it. But as the race starts... I had Greg Speed with me from NTK, who was helping to be helping me announce on Saturday, which was awesome. Had a great time with with Greg on the mic. We're watching the race start. We're you know we're looking at the live timing, and Miguel's not on live timing, and we're looking around, and you know it's <laughs> what's going on. Finally, I, I ran downstairs and asked somebody. He actually had uh, a broken chain on the warm up lap, so he doesn't even take the start out on the side of the racetrack. That opens the door for Scott Cherry. And his brother, Brian, they end up finishing first and second. Keith Harless takes third. He had some issues early on, but was closing so much over the last couple of laps. I think he needed maybe two or three more laps, and he might have caught Brian Cherry for second. But Scott was out front by about five seconds, ends up taking the big win on the DR cart. And uh, Miguel Mir just not, not having any luck, David. I think we all know that feeling when you hear the chain off or drop or skip or break and bing, and you just—it's the worst sounding card. I've all been there. I've done it at a four-stroke and got it snagged <laughs> oh, into the, the brake rotor. It's—it's it's no fun. It's <laughs> that's no true. Fun yeah, because it makes a—it makes a mess of the cart too, doesn't it? It does. It does. But you know that's part of racing, and uh, you know it's good to see some uh, some new blood in the master category again with the Cherry Brothers coming up to race. Um, so you know again. If they continue to make it fun, exciting, I think you're going to start to see some more Masters guys uh, coming up from the club level and racing at the uh, at the Texas Pro Kart Challenge. Well, I'll tell you, David, right now, I would like to have been out there. So there's there, you know, there's a perfect deal right there. I'm, I'm out there watching these guys battle around on this awesome racetrack, and I'm thinking, man, I would like to be out there right now. That looks like fun. So again, that's the line, right? It's just the more and numbers breed numbers. We know that. You know, the once you get to 100, you end up with 140 because because people want to come out and race. And this this series is right on the cusp of being able to hit that 100 mark. And when it does, it's going to explode. It's going to be really good for Texas karting. Uh, in that mini category that we've talked about a couple times already, uh, to be honest, it was the Alex Stanfield show. I'm going to say the breakout weekend for Alex. Uh, he came in confident. He knows the racetrack very well. Uh, he was on his game over a tough field. You know, Jack Jeffers and Chase Gardner are higher than him, I believe, in the points in the Supercarts USA Pro Tour. Uh, but Stanfield was on it, Dave. Like, I mean, qualified on the pole, pre-final, walked away, wins both races. 
Uh, Jefferson second and Chase Gardner in third on both for both podiums on both Friday and Saturday. But David, you and I both know that when a young driver gets that confidence and momentum and really has a weekend like the one that Alex had, that's when they know, hey, you know what? I, I can do this. I can run with these guys. I can do it on the regional level. I can do it on the national level. This may be that weekend where Alex Stanfield, it, the switch goes off and he realizes he can probably win on the Pro Tour level. Yeah, we've seen Gardner do that at the challenge this winter, you know, able to come step up, be on the podium every week or every race and, yep. and earn the championship. Jeffers was there all throughout the spring nationals, uh, running top 10 throughout the weekend there. So, yeah, for Stanfield, this this could be it. Uh, we'll find out this weekend because uh, I believe he's entered at the USBKS race in Mooresville. So we'll be able to see him. Uh, racing against a number of the top East Coast guys that that we see uh, nationally all the time. Ooh, I like that. That's, that'll be a good spinoff to see what he's able to do coming off what was an absolutely dominant weekend. He just looked so good. The confidence was there. It'll be interesting to watch. We'll, of course, tune into the live broadcast on the EKN uh, live page. Definitely to see what Alex Stanfield does at GoPro. Capping off the race report, let's go to Micro. They had uh, five drivers on Friday, four on Saturday. Uh, the cool thing about it was it just both races. The first race, Ethan Thomas, and he ended up winning both races. Ethan Thomason pulls away on Friday, dominates it. But the battle for second, third, and fourth was crazy. Sarah Bradley, Jack Eiliff, and Nicholas George were on top of each other the whole time. And and because of the track is small, David, you know, they – you run a certain distance. So it was a 25 lapper. So here these kids are running at whatever time at night it was 10 o'clock at night or, or nine 30 or something under the lights. And they put on a show. It was one of the more fun races to call back and forth. Uh, it was, it was really awesome. Uh, I think Jack, I took second on Friday. Bradley ended up in third and Nicholas George was fourth uh, on Saturday, a little different. Sarah Bradley turned things up. It's, it's a great, it's, it's her and her dad and her mom. And, you know, they have their own program. Dad works on the cart by himself and it's just them and they're learning. And Sarah loves racing. It was her idea to go racing in the first place. Man, did she ever step up on, on Saturday? She's putting the pressure on Thomason. She was there all the time, just not quite close enough to make the overtake, like take a shot at it, but she pressured him for 25 laps and, it essentially broke down into two battles because Ethan Thomason and Sarah Bradley were racing. Jack Eiliff and Nicholas George were racing. Thomason, as I said, got the win. Sarah ended up finishing second. And Eiliff was able to uh, outgun Nicholas George at the very end because George had the spot, the third spot for a majority of the race. But in the end, David, you know, sometimes, and we've said this, you only need a, I only need two carts on the racetrack to, to be able to have something to watch and enjoy. This was two groups of two. And man, it was one of the best races to watch all weekend long because Sarah just Sarah Bradley did not give up trying to get by Ethan Thomason. Yeah, and for probably all of them, it's past their bedtime when the final was going on. Well, <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack didn't. Jack Eilert didn't make the podium on Friday night because his dad said he's in bed. <laughs> I think he was in the in the motorhome or something. He was already out like a light. So yeah, it was the one thing about it. We started at four o'clock. We were done by essentially eleven every night. Probably could have went three to ten, just to make some room. But again, then then you're looking at only the last hour and a half being under the lights, right? Because because of the the late night, it, I think it was eight thirty five or something was sunset. So hey, in the end, you know what? You, you get your kids, let them stay up late a couple of nights, and, and let them sleep in the day that the day before. <laughs> yeah, that's why you had Sunday to recover, right? True, 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's your race report, folks. I'll tell you, it was uh, it was just some awesome racing. All, all in all, some great racing. Uh, I I love what Texas, the Texas PKC is doing right now. I think, and David, it's it's we agree how important you know club level racing, the bottom of the pyramid, the foundation of the sport, ultra important. I love the idea of having a really strong regional series that can draw from five, six, seven clubs that gives these kids the opportunity to race against better drivers. Because really, when it, when it comes down to it, if you're just racing the club, you're going to get as good as you can get. But you need to go to that. You need to push yourself to the regional level for you to get better, for you to realize that you can go faster and you can take more corner speed. It's the regional level, for, uh, for the most part, that gives these young drivers their first opportunity to really grow and develop more as a driver. Yeah, I, I, I kind of concede what you're saying. You can only get so far at the club level. I mean, if you're racing the same people and over and over again, don't get me wrong, it's it's fun and exciting, but it doesn't challenge you uh, as much as regional racing does. So you definitely, in your area, you need to have that 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 race you go to, that program you go to uh, that takes you helps you take you to the next level, yep. uh, whether, it's, whether it's chassis setup and tuning or if it's just yourself as a driver. Agreed. Everybody, you're right, David. It's, it's the it's your parents. It's the people that are wrenching on your carts. They have to think a little more. They have to try more stuff than just getting settled into the basic setup that you have each and every race at the club level. Now, I'll tell you one thing, uh, and I, this goes straight out to Mark and Gina French. We got to go night racing again, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I love it. It was fun that this night race has got to stay on the schedule. I hope everybody loves it as much as I did because it was just. Really cool. Night racing is fun. It seemed to me the only thing they were missing was a disco band, right? They, they had the disco ball. Yes. I'll tell you that. The disco ball was there, but no, you're right. The Travoltas would have rocked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was throwback to the 70s, I think. I think that was the, the theme for the night. So you, yeah, it was you, good. You should have you pulled out like some kind of Chris Economaki type suit and glasses oh, a couple of his lines you know that would have been i should have i should have had like the yellow abc sports jacket there it is you know like that right that's solid that's you know what if jason burgess can go throw back on the on the flags i should do the same thing on the on the mic that'd be pretty cool there you go pull out the old candle tape recorder it's, cassette recorder to get some interviews you got to get the long mic though is it, it, yeah. <laughs> they have the long mics back then i think it wasn't exactly the short stubby ones we got now no you're right dude that's that's all right we'll look at that for sure all right dave let's wrap up this edition of the the uh the ek and debrief episode 25 we've essentially reviewed and capped off the texas pro kart challenge event at north texas cartway bottom line a plus weekend for me loved it the racing was great the event solid but we're only halfway through. In fact, I think that was my halfway event, I think. I think I'm 13 down, 13 to go here in 2018. David, we have uh, four pretty good races coming up. Let's let's have a look right now, folks, at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented by K1 Race Gear. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and professional alike. Visit k1racegear.com today to get everything you need for your next racing outing. Now, normally we just let each each of us kind of say which race we're going to next, David. There's four races coming up here within the next, what, six weeks? You're doing three of them. I'm doing one of them. I got some 
IndyCar and Road Dandy stuff to do. But where are you going next? What's your next event? Well, I'm getting ready to head on a plane here Friday. <laughs> so that'll be yeah. uh, back down to Mooresville, North Carolina, where it's going to be nice and muggy. Uh, probably probably going <laughs> to rain. Uh, but the United States Pro Kart Series uh, gets back into action. This will be their halfway point with rounds three and four held at the GoPro Motorplex. Uh, it's their sixth straight year. Obviously, the series has been going now for six years. Sixth straight year, they've gone to GoPro Motorplex. Always a great time heading there. You know, one of the top facilities we have in the sport uh, and provides a lot of great racing. Uh, numbers are going to be up more than what uh, they had in Ocala in April. So uh, obviously it's going to be great competition in all the categories, all IME categories. Uh, it's going to be a pretty exciting weekend. Yeah, as we look down the schedule, uh, I don't know what you're going to do with a full month off because you don't go back, you don't go back to a racetrack until July 13th, 14th, and 15th. Dude, three weekends off. What's that all about? Uh, it's yard work. It's uh, family trips. <laughs> it's uh, birthday parties. It's um, did I say yard work too? Yeah. Okay. You said yard. You should say that yeah, again, probably. Work. Yeah. Yeah, yard work. Yard work. All right. So July 13th, 14th, 15th, you head uh, to back to WK Manufacturers Cup. Yeah, we're uh, the series is moving to Concept Haulers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois, another uh, historic facility, uh, one of those great club tracks uh, that we have here in the states, uh, just outside the Chicago area. A lot of uh, a lot of racers we know throughout the last decade, few decades have have started there or uh, raced there. We've seen Stars races, we've seen Scusa races, we've seen WK, we've seen Gold Cup. Yeah. Everything I think has gone there. Uh, and it's been a while since WK has been back there. So this year, uh, heading there for, for the uh, summer month event uh, should be pretty exciting. Uh, obviously, the track is going to be a good challenge for all the drivers because I, I guarantee probably, you know, <laughs> over 60 percent have never been there before. So it'll be fun. Isn't that wild? Because, uh, you know, Norway, now called Concept Haulers Motor Speedway, was really one of the iconic tracks. That's really, like you said, Dave, you went through the list. Every, we all went there. That was, you know, WK Constructors Championship, Formula A. That was, everybody went to Norway. It's such a badass racetrack with uh, the Mons in the back, and it's just fantastic racetrack for sure. Now, the four events and all the ones that we are presenting to you here, the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar, all part of our live streaming on EKN.com slash live. It'll be Tim Coyan at the USPKS races on the mic with David uh, at the WK Manufacturers Cup Series, Eric Brennan handling the PA duties. And of course, I'm back on the mic at Texas Pro Kart Challenge. My first trip and probably the first trip of a lot of people to Amarillo Kart Circuit, July 20th, 2122. I'm excited to get there. This is a track that is not normally used uh, for competition. You know, it's a private track. Uh, there's a gentleman who bought some shifter carts, said, I need a place to race out in Amarillo, built his own racetrack, modeled it after the uh, the track in Turkey in Istanbul, the, uh, the F1 track. So it's got the same layout. And from the feedback from last year, people loved it. I know that Josh Lane, I think, was driving across the country. Mark French arranged to get him in the, in the in there to, to turn some laps. Dude, this this is a racetrack uh, that I think people are going to want to try. It's it'll be the what fourth and fifth rounds of the Texas Pro Car Challenge. Not only will we get all the Texas Pro Car Challenge drivers, but I'm hearing drivers coming down from Colorado, from California, potentially from Arizona as well. Everybody wants to come out and try this place, David. I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's gonna it's a unique track again, a, a longer track. Uh, so it's a great 
change going from Denton, you know, kind of your bullring type track yep. to to the road, almost road course circuit uh, of Amarillo. So, you know, again, out in the middle of nowhere, but a, a great challenging track, fast track. Uh, it's going to keep uh, keep the drivers on their toes. As uh, somebody pointed out, normally when I go to Texas Pro Kart Challenge, uh, I'm, on, I'm on a burger hunt, whether it's Whataburger. Uh, I knocked out some In-N-Out Burger in Denton. That was awesome. I did Freddy's when I was in uh, uh, when I was in Houston. Freddy's, awesome burgers. No burger place, David, in Amarillo, but I may have to go to the Big Texan. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if I should try the 72-ounce steak. See if I can't do it. If you haven't been there, you have to, right? Dude, it's four it's four and a half pounds of meat. No, I'd be dead. I've seen you put away that in sushi. Why not why not meat? Well, sushi's a little different. It's lighter. <laughs> Can you about four and a half pounds? I'd have to drink like about eight hundred gallons of water to process that through me. Anyways, that's that's at the big Texan. We'll convince someone to try the the seventy two ounce challenge. It will not be Rob Howden. It's not gonna be that me. could be a great uh, EKN live uh Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. It could be. I wonder who could do that. We'll figure it out. Okay, David, let's wrap up the EK and Trackside Live race calendar. Uh, you're going July 27th, 28th, 29th. The week after I'm in, in Amarillo, you are back to Newcastle Motorsports Park. Yeah, that'll be the site of the United States Pro Car Series finale. Uh, that'll be rounds five and six this year. They're only going three events on the year. Kind of help uh, the racers and teams uh, cut back on on the travel schedules and make sure there's not a lot of uh, confusion conflictions in the schedule so this year they're yeah. going three should be an exciting weekend because it'll also be a, a great tune-up for all the IAMI drivers uh, to get ready for the summer nationals that'll be uh two weeks after that no doubt about it a lot of great racing for us coming up and as i said david hitting three races here in the next uh, month and a half i've got one to go to uh, in addition to a bunch of uh, mazda road to indy races as well we hope you enjoyed this edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 25. I think as you can hear by my tone, I enjoyed myself in Denton, Texas. It was a lot of fun getting to work with uh, Greg Speed on the mic, as well as with uh, Mark and Gina French. They do a great job with the Texas Pro Car Challenge, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to see the regional program really starting to develop and lay roots in the great state of Texas. That wraps things up, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>